It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. You know we're heading toward the end of the whole quarantine con carne era when all my branding is gone. I, I, I'm now powered by StreamYard. Didn't want to pay the freight on doing the uh, $50 a month for StreamYard for recording at home. That's a sign that I'm moving back to the car. Welcome to Car Con Carne. I'm James Van Ozzel, Car Con Carne, sponsored by our dear friends at Siren Records in McHenry. You can see me there on record store day and car con carne i said we're going back in the car it's true wednesday night the first time back in the car since the second week of march 2020 my guest will be blake coddington of the band letdown he'll be joining me for hot dogs over at byron's love byron's that's wednesday night and sometime this week we will hear the results of my visit to springfield illinois i visited the state of sound a world of music in illinois it's a museum exhibit in the abraham lincoln presidential library can your podcast, your favorite podcast, broadcast from the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library? Nay. Uh, I made the trip there, recorded from the studio on the floor of the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library within the State of Sound Museum exhibit. It was fantastic. You'll hear that at some point this week. Uh, another quick note. Tomorrow at 5 o'clock, I'm launching a new Kickstarter project. Now, the last time I did something like this was... 10 years ago it was 10 years ago uh when i did my book project we, uh, we appreciate your enthusiasm first time i've returned to crowdfunding since then i'm really excited I, i'm not going to give the details yet uh, tomorrow at five really excited about this this may be the craziest maybe the dumbest idea i've ever had but it may be the best idea too i'll explain all that tomorrow at five o'clock now tonight joining me are old friends Super talented musicians, performers, uh, raconteurs in their own right. It is Stubby and Adam Cryer from the band Lucky Boys Confusion. Nice to see you, gentlemen, again. Hey, man. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. Literally, I, I, I pull Stubby out of the camera for one minute. One minute later, he's back with a guitar. He's got a capo on it. He's what are, what are, What's going on I, there? No, I just was at a guitar lesson. I told you. I saw, I just, when you, you were like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm like, all right, you know, you know, let me just practice what he just taught me. I like that. You, you have to internalize all that stuff. I want to share with people. Uh, we're starting about 30 minutes later than originally planned. No big deal. But I think this is a perfect description of what happened earlier. Oh, no, that's not what I want. Hang on. <laughs> that is definitely not what I want. Uh, I wanted to. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, never mind. Uh, anyways, hi guys. It's it's been one of those nights, I swear. So the reason why you're here, besides the fact I think you're delightful, the reason why you're here, uh, this month marks the 20th anniversary of your landmark, your breakthrough album, Throwing the Game. 20 years ago, this month, I you know it's Stuby and I were talking at him before you you joined us about how he still kind of thinks of other people as much younger than they are. You kind of think of people framed in that moment in time. I still think of you guys as like 19 or 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. It's it, like uh, I don't know what Adam's feeling is, but like it's weird to think of, like even think about Adam because Adam is the youngest guy in the band, but he's only two years younger than me. But like sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, little Adam. 
it, I, I can't help it. Like I, I, I was, I will always for the rest of my life, I'll be, I'll be 94 and he'll be 92 and he'll always be my little brother. You know, like it, it just, even though it's like, it, 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 you can't, you can't, because those, like you said, those, those moments in your life are so cemented in that, like, um, and, not, and I would, I, of course, I, it, you don't, you don't think about that when you're making like real decisions in life and whatever, like, oh, that little kid doesn't know what he's talking about. And that's not what I mean. I just mean like the way I look at things, like it's, yeah, I still think about those things. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Like, do you, do you, are you like still, do you, do you still like kind of sometimes go, you know, I, I, that's not really how it is anymore. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you. I don't know. It, it's, it's the first 10, I remember when it was 10 years after it came out, you know, it, and that felt like forever, right? That was like, wow, 10 years ago. And it really did feel like a long time, but this past 10 years, however, this is like a rocket. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it, it feels like a couple, couple minutes there. Yeah. So to celebrate, to commemorate, to honor the anniversary of throwing the game, you're doing a live stream performance Thursday night. That's happening at eight o'clock. Are you are you do are you doing the album straight through? Or what's what's the deal with that? No, uh, I'll let Adam explain. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's kind of a we've got guests, we've got uh, acoustic performances, we've got archive footages, uh, footage. There's interviews. Uh, and then, yes, there's some performance from full band, LBC. Uh, and most of the tunes from the record are represented. Uh, I mean, all of them are in some way, if not played, they're, you know, the story behind them mm -hmm. is kind of told, you know. This album right here. <laughs> yep. There it is. Um, still have it. And as I was going through my CDs, I'm like, oh, shit, I, I still have everything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember sending you all that stuff. Uh -huh. Like, like actually packaging it myself and sending it to you. So, but by the time the soapbox came out, um, you would you were already like on board. Yeah. So it's like I was actually telling you, I'm like, hey, this is in the mail. Like, I, I remember, like, t uh, yeah, I remember I uh, left you a voicemail saying it was it was in the mail. Uh, just sorry, um, but yeah, th there there was um. Yeah, so I, I I remember that. I remember sending all of those to you. I think we even sent you the four song tape. Yeah. No, we, well, of course we did. Of course mm -hmm. we did because that's, you played the stuff off there. That's what it came off from. Yeah. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I'm, I'm almost positive I played 4080 off cassette. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, back no. then, I know. No? Back then. I was going to say, I was going to say not 4080 because 4080 has swears, isn't it? I, d I made some mistakes on the air back then. <laughs> I I'm, tr I'm trying to remember the song right now because, like, I know we we add little swears in there once in a while, but I can't remember if the actual song does. Uh, I can't remember anymore. Oh yeah, well, yeah. The, the 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 rap part. Yeah, yeah. There's no way you did it. Um, well, forty eighty is one of those songs that survived and lived to become reimagined for this album we're talking about. I mean, oh yeah, you, you kind of took a handful of songs that you had released as you were starting out a um, 4080 dumb pop song, Fred Astaire three mm -hmm. to 10. And you went in the studio with Electra records money and fleshed all those songs out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So was uh, it, were, were you encouraged to re-record the songs that kind of got you the deal or was this your idea? Like, Oh, we, we want to take the time and 
work with a producer on this stuff? I don't think we had enough material. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say something like that. Like, um, I don't think we, I don't, I don't think we had much of a choice. I mean, like it was like, it was like, um, we, you, you started playing our song. Uh, we had a few songs recorded and we made them into soapbox spectacle. And then, you know, it's like in, in the great, like the great sense of the word, we didn't have time. We had to prepare for shows. I mean, right. it was like we were we were trying to write. We really were. I mean, like I, I think uh, Adam and I were getting together as much as we possibly could, and that's when we wrote City Lights and Not About Deborah. Um, Adam, help me out here, buddy. Uh, God yeah. only knows, and like those songs. Uh, I mean, like, to answer the question, no. Uh, yeah, we didn't. Uh, it, it wasn't planned out to be that way. We did have some new material. I think Breaking Rules, Saturday Night, Boss Man. Uh, a couple outtakes, never like this. Flip. Uh, new songs, and then the ones that we kept, we re kind of created them. Uh, we didn't want to put out something that people already had. Right. You know. Well, as far as Bossman goes, were you worried at the time that the chorus was too big to be contained by one album? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There was many meetings. Yes, many, many. Um, I will say. Uh, funny, funny enough about the the chorus, the um, and uh, credit to Adam here, but uh, Howard Benson, who produced like you know, and I ended up producing my cam, but um, uh, the the big my cam record, and then um, uh, he did like <laughs> Lemmy's records and Motorhead records, and I mean like he's done everything. We're sitting in this tiny like. LA recording space and we played him the song for the first time and um he just stops us and goes and I think Jason goes you like that chorus or maybe no it's, probably, it's not like Jason I think it was Ryan that goes you like that chorus and he's like actually what sold me was that pre-chorus and I'm like all right and that's when I actually like really started being like all right I like this guy because like you know like that he got it. He got like mm -hmm. why the, the reason why the chorus worked is the pre-chorus was so yeah. good that it made the chorus pop. And, um, and again, I didn't write that. It, Adam did. Uh, so props there. Uh, but like, you know, I, I really, really, that's one of my favorite moments of, of that, of that working with him in the pre-production part of it. it was like, he really got it, man. That, that guy really got it. Sorry. So I totally strayed there, but yeah, whatever. No, that's great. One of my favorite songs, and I've told both of you this, I'm sure at different times. One of my favorite songs on the album is one to the right. And it, it's kind of an outlier. It's more, it has more teeth, I guess, than some of the other songs on it. Mm. Tell me about the evolution of that one. Um, the old song from Stewie's old band. Yeah. So that, that's a farm boy song. That's a band that I was in with Ryan Fergus, uh, our drummer and lucky boys. And, uh, it was, uh, it, it was a, it was a song that I, that I, I kind of wrote, um, you know, just about not, just not fitting in, you know, like, it, I, like everybody was, so all my friends, especially my, like my, my Indian friends that I grew up with and, 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 um, you know, like I was friends with more than like the, the, the smarter kids in class, you know, not like really like the jocks and stuff. And, um, but I wasn't cool. I wasn't friends with like the Adam Criers either. I wasn't cool. I wasn't cool with the punk rock kids either. I just was like this weird kid, like that just kind of like hung out. 
until around like later in high school. But like, I just didn't understand where I fit. And I just felt like, you know, lyrically, at least what I was saying was like, um, like I felt like everybody was leaving high school and going like, all right, one, one, one to the right. And yeah, you, you're over there. Like, you know, the side and like, I, I was like, well, where the hell do I fit? And, um, that's how I felt lyrically uh, melodically. Um, that song is probably the most, uh, derivative of my upbringing that I've, uh, out of all the music, um, as far as like that, um, like that, that like Indian kind of feel to it, like that other, um, that, that harmonic minor that Joe Sell hated so much. Um, but, um, it, it just like, it has like that, like that, that like, uh, Eastern, uh, tinge to it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's still, you know, it's still one of my favorite songs that we've ever done. And, and, but the cool part of it was, so I remember, um, uh, calling Adam, for the first time being like, Hey man, um, do you want to, do you want to, I know you write your own songs. I write my songs. Would you want to be in a band together and, you know, kind of like do something nobody else is doing and do it together. Uh, and he's like, yeah. And, uh, I had him uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but like you, you go, yeah, man, but you, can you bring that one song over? And, uh, I was like, yeah. And uh, that was one of the right. So that's, it's our oldest LBC song because from my old old band, but yeah, man, I, I love that song. And it ended up being, um, one of the live tracks on the, on, on this, uh, special. Awesome. That we're doing. Yeah. Awesome. And again, this live live stream performance retrospective anniversary, the 20th anniversary is happening Thursday at 8 PM. We should say right here, how do people get access to this? Is this a, an event, right? How do people get access? So it's, it's simple. It's, 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 it's uh, company called moment house that Tony from uh, punchline started a uh, band that we toured with uh, back in the day. And um, what, how it works is, is, uh, is very similar to uh, very similar to um, uh, like, like you said, Eventbrite or, 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 or one, uh, some of these other streaming platforms, same kind of thing, except you get to stream it for 24 hours. Love so if you, buy, if you buy it at eight and you, you have, you really have to catch that friends reunion on HBO or max or whatever it is that you're going to do. Or I know less than Jake has another uh, streaming or whatever. If there's something else that you got to do, you can watch it anytime for 24 hours after, but yeah, it's moment house. So it's just moment, like, like a moment, momenthouse.com forward slash lucky boys confusion. You can find tickets. Awesome. Hey, you mentioned Joe Sell, who passed nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, you both talked about how it feels 20 years later to be talking about this. What would he have thought to be talking about throwing the game 20 years later? I mean, he would have uh, he would have probably enjoyed it as much as we have uh, going through all this old footage. Some of it's really hard to see. Um, a lot of it's pretty amusing. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, we talk a lot about Joe's contribution to the group and he wasn't, you know, he didn't have too many songs that he brought in, but what he did do was uh, add to the tunes. You know what I mean? He made, made them interesting, uh, added this other level, some more texture kind of, and, uh, but yeah, he would have gotten a kick out of this for sure. <laughs> Stubby, I, I feel like as I'm Adam was sorry, talking, like, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm just thinking about Joe right now. Actually, he would have hated every fucking minute of this. Uh, <laughs> like, I think he would have loved it. Like, you know, in like Joe would have loved it, but he, he would have hated doing all of it. 
uh, because that's just Joe. Um, Joe loved the music, the shows, the the fun, but didn't want anything to do with the promotion, the the uh, you know, the, like the business that. of it. Yeah, like he just, it just wasn't him. It just, and, and but just fine, which is what we loved about him so much. We really did because he would. My, my some of my favorite memories of him uh, are when um, we would do photo shoots because there's no one, there's no one that likes doing a photo shoot, including <laughs> models. Okay, no one likes doing a photo shoot, so we're all just struggling there, trying and trying to get five of us to like, you know to look right. It's like herding cats. It, it's so awful, man. It's the worst. And, you know, trying to even get, trying to even get people to like dress like a band or like, like when you look back at those Beatles records and you're like, how did they all, how do they all just have mustaches at the same time? You know, like, like, or like whatever it was is because they were, because back then they were just constantly together. So just, they just kind of melded in, into each other. But anyway, getting back to Joe, he would have, he would have loved every minute of the music part of it, the 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 memory part of it, whatever. But yeah, he he was not about the <laughs> he was not about the uh, the promotion part of it. But yeah, man, he would have loved it. He would have loved playing. He would have loved the idea. Uh, I said I say it in I say it in the in the doc, but it's like um, this band was the most important thing in his life. Um, and I think when we slowed down, it was harder on him than it was on anyone else. Um, and it wasn't for any reason like like you might think. It was more that he just, that was his, he was Joe from Lucky Boy's Confusion, man. You know? And that, um, like, that warms my heart every day. Like, it, it just that, like, that because like, Lucky Boy's Confusion is me. Lucky Boy's Confusion is Adam and Ryan and Jason. So he was Joe from me. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's that's a really special thing to think about. Um, I don't know. Maybe a little bit. Believe it or not, oh my God, I'm sensitive. Um, but like you know, like it might be a little bit. But I love thinking about that. I love thinking about that. That that like one of the biggest pieces of who he was was me and what I, what me and him had together. So yeah, I and, think he just absolutely loved it. And I think for people who've followed you from the beginning, who were there, or who maybe you know jumped on with throwing the game, they probably love hearing this stuff about Joe. I mean, this is this oh, is a man. real. This is a, a good time. If you didn't get to party with Joe, you missed out. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned sonically where you were at, and when you you and Adam kind of came together, Stuby, you know, want to try to do some things, try some interesting sounds. You didn't sound like a whole lot of what like what was going on at that time. Your band sounded fresh and interesting. There were reggae grooves. Uh, there there was a pop punk sensibility. There was a punk rock sensibility. It mm -hmm. was all this stuff just kind of thrown together on paper. It shouldn't have worked, but you guys made it work. Uh, that's really Adam. I'll let him take that one. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, that was the goal from the beginning was to, to be oh, as eclectic as we could be. Uh, because frankly, we just didn't have the attention spans to play <laughs> one thing. Um, but it was, you know, listening to like the clash or, Beastie Boys or these kind of mixtape type bands that would do that uh, kind of punk thing. And then, you know, reggae chorus, you know, horn section suddenly yep. and, and that kind of thing. 
Uh, that was sort of the plan when we, when we started. That's who we wanted to be. I think when we got older and decided that, you know, we didn't have to wear every influence on our sleeve, <laughs> uh, we kind of became a more focused, uh, you know, just rock band. But it's certainly fun to listen to the early stuff and just see how, to hear how excited we were as young musicians to be performing this kind of, these different styles and mixing and melding them together, you know. You mentioned the clash. If you listen back to Sandinista, how can you think anything other than I can't believe this got made? Yeah, I, I can't believe this was a Sony product back in the day. I was day. just going to bring up Sandinista. They were yeah. trying to sneak their way out of a record deal. They thought that, you know, if they signed for six albums, if they made one of them a triple, <laughs> like they could get out of their deal quicker, but it didn't work for them that way, I guess. It's to to what uh, Adam was saying, you know, like uh, I think uh, some of it um, also came with what I was talking to you before Adam joined, um, not Adam joined earlier, um, was that I also, uh, since I didn't get to do the Western music thing for so fast and, and I had such a, a compressed amount of time before LBC started, um, that I just wanted to do it all. Uh, so, and I feel like, I felt like even though Adam, had a whole uh, almost a lifetime of, of music before him, he still kind of had that same kind of thing where like music sort of slow, like he started getting pieces, pieces of music together. And like, you know, like why not just try to put these things together and then, you know, not to take away any credit from some of the bands that we were listening to at the time too. Like he was saying the clash and whatever, but there's also some contemporary bands that were, probably thinking the same things that we were and we're like oh man they're doing what we wanted to do like sublime like mm. like um i can't think of uh, any other bands right now off the, oh, at the exit but that was later but like you know there was other bands that were doing this kind of stuff so i think that's where it really kind of came together is like um we we wanted to do the stuff that we were listening to that we liked it made it difficult though to find the, the fan base right because punk yeah Right. Uh, punk rockers don't listen to stuff that has this in it, and hip hop people won't appreciate this. So we ended up finding this unique group of people that uh, fans and friends that um, were not punk rockers and not hip hop kids. You know what I mean? Disenfranchised uh, teens. <laughs> hey, Kastub, did you really just open up a beer off camera so that people didn't see you open it? Oh no, man! I mean, like I've been drinking beers on camera okay. the whole time, and like yeah, I, just, I, you know, like... I, I just was right next to me. It, trust me, I, I was looking for my pipe earlier too, but I, I don't know where it is. So, like, yeah, no, I have no, I have no qualms. I, Adam mentioned horns. Uh, tell me about city lights. Wait, wait, uh, wait, were horns part of the picture from the beginning? Mm -mm. I, think so. I think so. Uh, really? Yeah, that the intro to city lights is something I had written a couple years before we had the, the actual song that little horn part too um mm. but it wasn't until later that we obviously you know wrote the verses and the choruses well so my my part of city lights was um i brought um this like idea to adam i didn't know that you had this uh like you know i'm I, I'm sure like, just like I do, we have a bunch of different ideas, like just sitting around like half ideas. And then you, um, somebody, you know, your songwriting partner or just somebody reminds you of something that you just kind of put pieces together and it, it works together. It, and then other times there's uh full songs, like, 
that that will come from a theme or a lyrical theme or like even a melodic theme or whatever but like um okay that's cool i didn't know that man um well because well, i was seriously impressed when he, <laughs> when i first heard it um at rackstrax uh rick barnes studio i um that's the first time i heard it the horn part and i was like man that's really good and you're like yeah i just thought he made up man i thought you just made that shit up okay so I, uh, either way it's still impressive um but yeah, no, the city lights for me was, um, uh, it, it, it was just like, I, I, I felt, I felt it, you know, it James, um, you know, I, I, I was, I was talking to you a lot back then and, and you're like, Hey, you know, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. I, I, I really think this is going to get somewhere. And, and there's you, and there was a, a couple other people in the Chicago music industry that were just like, and it made me just realize that like, not realize, but I guess I was being hopeful too, like of just getting out of here, getting out of Chicago, getting getting lost and getting lost, and like and the, the, this this town, this this area was so important to me. So like, uh, just put that stuff together, and I guess Adam already had the song kind of written. <laughs> like uh, I brought some new melodies to the the idea, but that's where that's where it came from. For me, a lot of uh, lyrically, it was just more about everything we were doing here, and and man, is it going to be the same everywhere else? And it wasn't, <laughs> but I mean, it's still, you know, it's still pretty awesome. I, I want to talk about that, but before I kind of get off the song, song list, track listing, uh, let's talk about Fred Astaire. It seems uh, dishonest to talk about this album and not talk about Fred Astaire. Did you know when you wrote it, did you know when you recorded it, that it was going to be the song that you would lead with? No, we didn't know it was going to be the song we were going to lead with until, you know, weeks before it came out as a single they the label was pushing a, a different song what were they pushing the, you know what they were pushing james what you know what they were pushing oh, they were pushing dumb pop song of course yeah. they were because it had radio support sure right? of course uh but you know that was actually the third time that song was recorded so yeah third because it was on the first record and then when we were shopping for labels they're trying to get signed we did like more glossy kind of Ugh, don't talk about that uh, was on uh, i think it's pretty fantastic mix up by doug mcbride that was on uh soapbox spectacle which is an ep so this is the third time when it comes out in 2000 when it came out in 2001 that was its third time around the block i don't know though i don't it, it didn't seem like the obvious choice for a single we wanted it to be but there, you know the label said well you know it's got this weird format to it. Kids don't know who Fred Astaire is. You know, they wanted stuff like Dumb Pop Song and Boss Man. So Fred Astaire for me was, um, I'm, I'm glad it ended up being the single. I, I, I still don't think it should have been Dumb Pop or Fred Astaire, but whatever. Uh, but for me, the reason why that song, like I'm glad it did is because I, I think lyrically it's the, one that hits home as far as like you know that 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 disenfranchised teenager the 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 thing that like looking back like i never really i never understood why we connected so much as uh looking like during the during the time i didn't i didn't get i didn't get it but i didn't care because i was just having so much fun it was it was great looking back now as uh as a parent and um and uh, as a 
just a, an, a, an older individual, I'm like, uh, okay, that song was it. You know, they're pushing these children for all the wrong reasons. I knew it then. I knew that song. I knew that line meant something, but I didn't really know what it meant, uh, like why it stuck until later. But I think that's why. But I still go back to Wonder the Right should have been the single. But that's whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. But whatever. So going into the release of Throwing the Game, what were your expectations? Were you thinking, oh, this is it? We're, you know, United remember, Center, here we come? I remember Ryan Ferguson, drummer, saying, like, this is going to be, this is either going to be a big hit record or it's going to be something that has a small but very loyal uh, following that will be you know, doing anniversary shows years and years down the line, <laughs> things of that nature. Ryan's a genius. Yeah. Yep. He really is. See, and I think that's the secret. I mean, because the, the statistics of how many bands actually break at that United Center level, it, those percentages are so small. But if you can establish fans who will support you 10 years, 20 years down the road, that's success in my book. People who are still interested in what you have to say in, in the songs you recorded, who will still come to those shows 20 years later and sing along. It doesn't matter if it's United Center. If they're coming to Metro House of Blues or whatever, I, I think that's that's a victory. And I, that's I, what you have. I agree. I agree. I just and I think that I think that this band um would have been happy and fine with it if it was that like around the country. The problem is that it, it, it became more and more difficult to do because it was this here, like that, that selling out the Hasa Blues multiple nights and stuff like that, like or, or Metro multiple nights. Uh, and then we'd go to Cleveland and play a, a club and sell it out, but still, you know, to, to, be, to be fair, it, it, like a sub T size. And which was great. I mean, most bands would be just it's like through the like to the moon, you know, like with that with that with that um, with that kind of turnout. But uh, it's it wasn't financially sustainable to right. do that with how hard how costly it was to tour and um, whatever. But it was just it. I just think that like I think I think that I think that it's right though. But we have this like following across the country. I just I, I wish we could still just keep doing it, but. I 100% agree with you that like you only get to that like United Center level. I I think you even get to that like metro around the country level, and I think that even that I th I feel like I feel like it's like uh, the exponentials, and I, I work in trading and stuff like that. Is like exponentially, there's that like everyone's at right here, and then there's that echelon, 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 whatever you want to, uh, however you want to pronounce it, uh, of those top three percent. Mm -hmm. But that top 3% even has like this small thing in it where you have the modest mouses that can go around and play like Rivieras around the country. And then it just falls off, yeah. you know? And I, I think that's, that's the hard part about music. And I think it's going to be even harder when we get out of this uh, coronavirus, but that's totally good enough. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. So the album came out. What was touring like behind this album? Oh, the best time of my life. Really? Yeah, it was a lot of fun because we'd only done regional touring. Yeah. Uh, and when it was when it was out, we were seeing parts of the country for the first time that we hadn't seen. And 
we were playing with we were playing with big bands you know every you know what did q and have that was jamboree so every mm-hmm. city had a jamboree for sure had a different name so we did that whole that whole circuit that summer of jamborees across the country and where i was running into the same bands whoever was working singles that summer you know what i mean uh but then it was, we like, were, it was like summer camp yeah yeah you had well, your summer, summer camp, except we, we were the baby band that would be that were willing to do anything yeah so i'll, I'll let you finish adam but i have a story as well uh anyway so we were we were also supporting you know doing club tours which was a ton of fun and really learning how to do it and, and do it every night and and be able to get up the next day you know and, and and recreate it uh it was also our first experience with no it wasn't our first time with warp tour but it was our first time yeah uh pretty much we did, we did warp the summer before in chicago but uh it was our first time doing the, the tour bus thing it was our first time doing the uh you know we were doing tv and radio constantly it was just uh, it was exciting and uh we were all going through this thing together you know as a group yeah and that's you, you, you nailed it at the end we were doing this together and there was a really big i think that's the tightest the band had ever been i'm mean, not, not not like we're not now or uh, like we're we're still great but like that was an excitement level that couldn't will wouldn't would never be matched again it's just like it's a, it was a honeymoon Right. You know, like that's uh, like you know how people say things like, "Oh, they're just honeymooning. They're just happy. They're just honeymooning." That's that's what we were. We were honeymooning. We were having the greatest time, and um, we also had very uh, and no knock against them. I don't. It's not like how I work, but like we also had very young, fresh managers that had never managed a band of this caliber before. Uh, you know. I don't mean that in like a, you know, this, this level before of this major label kind of thing. So anytime, like when Adam brings up these, like uh, we were playing these like festivals, anytime there was anything that needed to be done, they'd be like, yeah, our guys will do it. Yeah, our guys will do it. So we were playing edge fest in, in, uh, or, bu- wait, sorry. Uh, bus fest, Adam bus fest. What was Houston? Buzz fest. Buzz fest. So buzz fest asked us, some uh, some band got into a bar fight the, the the day before or the day a few days before, and they one of their guys got really beat up to the point <laughs> where he I sh- I shouldn't laugh and that's not funny but but he got beat up to the point where he couldn't play. Um, and they're like, well, what band will play? No band would step up, and 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 our guys are like, our guys will do it, and <laughs> and and we're like, wait, what? They're like, yeah, you're gonna play two shows today. I'm like, uh. And I go, wait, what? And they're like, well, it's it'll be like two hours apart. I go, two hours apart at a festival? Like what? Uh, I'm like, all right. And and then I go, well, at least we'll be on different stages, right? Like, no, on the same stage. I'm like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And 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 so, but the thing is, uh, even though we only had this one half hour set practiced, we still changed our setup because we that's just who we are. And we just, and we rocked that set. And um, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we had, we had always had a big crowd in Houston is because we did that. And so we got, we got, we got a lot of, that was a lot of throw in the game was just like being like, sure. Our guys will do it. Uh, There was like a, like a a. 6am showing on a beach in Tampa. And it was the day after we were done with our tour, like our, like our 60 day tour. uh, And we had to, we were getting in at midnight 
uh, the bus was dropping us off at midnight and we had to get on a flight at six and our guys thought it would be a good idea to put us on a show on the beach at eight in the eight in the morning and it was the only time i lost my voice in the whole in the whole tour and adam took over at the end like it was just it's just funny like thinking back to it like how green everybody in our like little <laughs> boys world was like sure yeah well they'll be back the night before it's fine just put them on a flight they'll get on there you guys want to do it and uh, it was always like you guys want to do it and the answer was always yes i get it i mean i t- i think that's i think that's the right way to go about it i don't think, I mean, I don't think we any of us said no for uh, like two years like for anything like it just uh, it was just so much fun james that whole time in our life was just so much fun yes and we talk all about it in this thing oh on sorry Thursday night right james I just wanted to say, I don't think we've said it yet, but thanks for also, you know, this thing that we're talking about tonight, uh, you are a part of it. You're one of the special guests. I, I didn't know if I made the final cut or not. You did. Oh, Congratulations. Absolutely. You made it. <laughs> All right. So Thursday night, you can see me alongside uh, these gentlemen here as part of the documentary, the 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 retrospective, the anniversary, throwing the game, the, the performance, the live stream performance, documentary footage. Footage from the past. I mean, this is this is really cool. Hey, I'd say this is great for you know longtime fans of LBC. I think it's a great opportunity for music fans. Period. I mean, this is the kind of stuff music fans live for. We, we, behind we, the curtains, a lot of that. I, I love behind the curtain stuff. A peek into the thought process, the minds, and if you balance that with live performance, I mean, sold. Great. Yeah, man. We get we we do we get into a lot of like the music biz stuff, the music like the writing stuff and whatever. I really think it'd be fun for anybody to come in and check out. Absolutely, and uh, and to add to Adam's point, and I've said this to you before and many 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 times, but like yeah, we wouldn't be here without you. So, um, and that's not that's not a light comment for anybody that's listening because James is about to say whatever. But uh, <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's like you know me. It's like you know me. Yeah. yeah it's weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it wouldn't we wouldn't be here without uh, james and uh local one-on-one and and um it was uh it was one of the it was one of the one of the um moments and i know adam thinks i talk too much and that's fine that's what i do but uh uh i was at a party once back in, in this throwing the game time so it matters and i didn't get to tell this story i did tell the story but i didn't get to it didn't make the cut and so i want to tell it here uh one day i was at a party and uh and they had Q101 play in the background, and uh, and I uh, I, was, I was I was talking, and you know, like not everybody knew us that well then, and and I'm like, yeah, I'm actually friends with that guy. They're like, yeah, no, you're not. Like, whatever. You know, I'm like, no, actually, he, he's my buddy. It, like, I, we talk all the time. I'm like, I'm in, I'm I'm in this band called Lucky Boys Confusion. Like, no, you're not. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, and I'm like realizing, like, wait. Hold on, they're kind of putting me in the same like. No, you're not. No, you're not. Like James Onazo. So anyway, I call you. You did answer like, "Hey, Stubby, what's up? Anything wrong?" I'm like, "Oh, no." Look at the phone. Uh, look at the actually. Uh, look at the clock. And I'm like, "Oh shit." Um, uh, um, any, uh, I, I I can't remember what I said to you, but I, I remember it's being like, "Sorry, I was just calling about the night before." Uh, like we had a we had an interview like that Sunday or something mm-hmm. like that. The next Sunday, I'm like, "Yeah, I was just calling about that." You're like, "Yeah, um, next time just call 
you know, call during this time and this time and you were so nice about it. And the guy's like, well, you just called James and Austin. I'm like, oh, whatever. So that's probably why I didn't make the cut because it wasn't that great of a story, but it's for me, it was really, it amuses me. I got to be like, I know this famous person. Cause Stop. they were like, no, you don't. I don't know if anyone who is watching or listening maybe doesn't know, but James started, uh, you know, he was putting out these compilation CDs from the local show and, you know, they would have bands that were, that, they would use to promote it and that was how we got signed i think they were playing it so much on q101 that we we literally talked to four or five different record labels because of that well and we were able to play it so much because it was so short we can get it in rotation more often it's like two minutes, <laughs> well, two minutes. Just, keep, just keep playing that no problem but it was the dumb pop song it was i mean truth in advertising right well i mean right. the thing i want to laugh about like whenever anybody like makes fun of the song like like says anything to think to us about it i go it's called the dumb pop song, man. Like, yeah, we get it. Like, we already made fun of ourselves before you did, you idiot. Yeah, the mean couple uh, right there. And uh, that was one of those, uh, like, I love that. I love that uh, moment because I can't really exactly remember. I think it was me that came out with the title, but it didn't matter because, like, me and Adam were, like, writing it together. And I think we both were like, that's so good. Like, you know, like, like we both, I just, cause I don't remember exactly what, who came up with it, but I do remember both of us being like, yes, that is the name of this song. And what a bad, but good idea, you know, at the same time. But like, uh, Adam just checked in for people who are listening and not watching. Congratulations guys. Well-deserved. Here's to another 20. Amen. Oh man. Love seeing that. Another 20. Canes and wheelchairs allowed. The 40th anniversary of throwing the game. Get ready to talk about Boss Man 20 years from now. Oh, man. Well, I was just, somebody says that to me. I'm like, I am the Boss Man now. So it's like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so with both of you, I mean, Adam with AM Taxi and uh, your production work, and you've become like a, a mentor to everyone in the Chicago music scene. Stubby, with your various side projects, no matter what direction you guys go in, no matter what you're doing, it always comes back to Lucky Boys, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Would, would, it's I, like home yeah. base. You, you go out and you go out and play. You do your stuff, but it always comes back to to the Lucky Boys home. Yeah, for sure. For me, for me, for me, it does. Um, I I never really had Adam's level of success outside of my stuff, uh, outside of LBC. I mean, a fair amount with Super Happy and stuff like that, and uh, and and uh, more international. But like, it for me, it's not really about anything that I did after it, because I always remember that everything after it became because of this. So I always, I always try to keep that there. And then there's also like, um, for me coming back to it, it's just like um, what we were talking about before with this record. And I talk about, uh, talk about a lot of this in our documentary that everybody should see uh, on Thursday. Uh, but uh, like uh, the one it's the, the you don't get to do that again you don't get to do that first right that 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 first tour the first like i think when we got in the van together the first time for our first tour that feeling you don't like that exciting amazing feeling even though we all thought we should have been there we all knew that this was what we should have been doing it was there was still this level of excitement that you'll never be it's it's that it's your first love that's what it is it's your first love that you'll never you don't ever forget your first love that's what it is 
Well, and as you described that first time jumping in the van, I mean, there's a level of unreality to it. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all nerves and adrenaline and excitement and just spastic youthful energy. I mean, I can't imagine. Yeah. uh, It was, man, it was awesome. I just wish I remembered more of it because like you're, um, a lot of the, a lot of that time, because you're, you're being, you're being fed in your ear so much, like you're always looking forward instead of like taking in the moments. I think Adam uh, was a little bit better about taking in the moments, but like, I I was always like, all right, next show, next show, next show, or next thing, next X, Y, Z or whatever. And maybe you weren't Adam. I, I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but like, I just felt like, I just wish I could, to any band that's getting signed or get whatever, not even getting signed, get like about to like hit the road and, 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 and take it on an adventure. Um, easier, easier said than done, but taking the moments yeah, because they're gone before you know it. And uh, those, but I still remember a lot of it. So whatever. All right. So Thursday nights, the, the live stream event, throwing the game 20 year anniversary, more, more, insight behind the scenes curtain pulling back stories from you guys the whole band we get the performance uh you know i love and adore you guys and i I would do this every night with you if you wanted to james thanks so much and everything over the years really appreciate it absolutely and you got adam and me together for once and and now 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 you believe that we don't hate each other well yeah see that's the thing adam i it was a couple interviews ago with stuby i said do you and Adam hate each other? You're never in the same place at the same time unless you're on stage. Do you still like each other? Yeah. And then, then I got the explanation. No, of course, he's my brother. We love each other. But, you know, we, we sometimes, you know, take different promotional approaches. And OK, but it is nice to see the two of you. Together. I, I told I told him this. I'm like, we're the two like uh, faces of the band. So it's like if we got like promotional stuff to do, you do one. I do the other. <laughs> like, I do, like, that's why. Like, it's not it's not like. I don't want to be in the same room as Adam, but then, and, and to be totally honest, while we were doing throwing the game, Adam, and you can back me up on this. It was just me and you doing all those things. Every single interview we did, we did together, I think. Right. Didn't we? Yeah. So technically we're not in the same place at the same time right now. So, you know, yeah, that's why it's working. So yeah, I kind of look at it as (laughs) thanks, Dick. The, the same reason that you don't put the president and vice president on the same plane. There has to be like a, <laughs> there has to be like a continuity of government. Wait, so am I the president or am I the vice? I don't know. That depends who you ask. Do you ask the fans or do you ask the band? You're the boss yeah. man, bro. Oh, man, I am not. I'm, he's the boss man in this band. All right. I want to thank everyone who's been watching and listening. Adam and Stubby, stay right there. Uh, I'm going to end the broadcast, but I don't want you to go away. So thank you, everybody. Go All watch right. their live stream on Thursday. Right. See ya.